Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80, as you surely know by now. Championship Sunday is upon us. We've got two games to break down. With me to do that is Adam Burke, a sports betting writer over at bangthebook.com, host of Bang the Book Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods, one of my favorite Twitter handles in the world. Adam, it is great to have you back on. It's been a while. How's it going? It's great to be here, man. I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good. How's your action been going in the playoffs, generally speaking? Have you been sort of, you know, hitting on most of your picks? Have you been uh, not getting a good feel for it or what? I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's been kind of scary because I've been sort of chalky in a lot of these games, you know, and, and yeah. I mean, I, I was on Philadelphia, for example, in that game against Seattle and they wound up closing a favorite, got a better number. Of course, Carson Wentz gets hurt, you know, last week I take Baltimore and, you know, I mean, they won the stat sheet, but I guess that doesn't really get you anywhere in the playoffs necessarily because they were essentially minus seven in turnover margin with the four turnovers on downs, but at least Kansas city got there for me. And, uh, and I, I had no interest in touching that Seattle Green Bay game from a side standpoint. Wound up taking the under, and we know how that one turned out. So uh, it, it's it's been tough. I don't think things have really worked out the way I expected them to. Yeah, I feel like there have only been a couple of sides that I felt really good about, and none of them has hit. Like the, the under on the Seahawks-Green Bay game, right? Like, I really like that. Now, I wound up escaping that one because I wound up doing a two-team teaser where I teased the Niners spread against the Vikings down to one or one and a half or whatever it was, and then I teased the over-under up to 53 in that game. So because the Seahawks did not convert that two-point conversion, that wound up hitting, but I liked it at under 47 for sure. So it has been a little weird, but you know, especially with that Ravens game, there's going to be one game in during the week, maybe not this week, and we'll see, and we'll see if you get a little chalky here, but there's going to be one game in that weekend that was going to have to blow up all those parlays, right? There were probably a million money line parlays going on with the Ravens and the Chiefs and the Niners, something like that. One of those games had to lose. So I didn't really expect it to be the Ravens, but again, you kind of simulate that game a million times. You know, the Ravens, you know, with the fourth down conversions and all that sort of stuff, they're going to win that game, uh, you know, at least a handful of times. So it was certainly a, a surprising uh, thing that happened. So even with just two games, Adam and I are going to be giving our three best bets, like we always do, a pick to avoid, and then our favorite player prop. But first, as always, we are going to quickly check in with what happened last week because, as I was alluding to earlier, it was not pretty. Our guest, Greg Smith, he did hit on the Chiefs on the money line, but he missed on the Ravens-Chiefs money line parlay, the Packers-Seahawks under 47, and Damian Williams over 54 and a half rushing yards. I did not fare much better myself, although I hit on my two-team teaser of the Niners laying one and the Packers-Seahawks under 53 that I just talked about. I missed very hard on the Chiefs and Texans under 51 and a half. I mean, the Chiefs basically went over by themselves. Derrick Henry under 94 and a half rushing yards, which he basically doubled, as well as the Chiefs laying five and a half in the first half. So look, as I've said, we've only got two games this week, unless I'm going to just directly pick against Adam. And as we'll talk about, I do lean to the other side of certain of his choices. So we will get into that. There just aren't enough picks to go around. So I'm probably going to go off the board here, get a little creative at times. But why don't we do this, Adam? Let's just break down your favorite plays from the Chiefs Titans game. And then we'll break down your favorite plays with the 49ers. So if you've got multiple sort of of your best bets for the week on the Chiefs and the Titans, let's just deal with them all up front before we turn to the 49ers and the Packers. Is that okay with you? Sounds good to me. All right. So go ahead. You've got two picks here, right? On the Chiefs and the Titans game. Yeah. And I'm feeling real four-sided today, man. I'm feeling so square about this game, but you know what? I mean, it's Kansas City for me. And now that there's minus sevens out there, I'm ecstatic. 
because I was kind of hoping one would show up with the Titans not even being just the flavor of the month team, but really the flavor of the second half team with the big changes going from uh, Marcus Mariota to Ryan Tannehill with Derrick Henry being like the greatest running back of all time in the last eight, nine weeks. I think everything's setting up perfectly here for Kansas City to just completely wallop this team. I took the minus seven, didn't have to lay the seven and a half because I kind of sat there and waited and said, you know what, I could probably get seven and a half even money, something like that. I could settle for that if I want to. But sevens actually popped up here on Thursday. And I mean, look, first of all, in the first meeting between these two teams, Patrick Mahomes coming off the shelf with that knee injury threw for 446 yards in that game. And I know Derrick Henry had a big game on the ground as he has seemingly every week here, but that was a Kansas City Chiefs defensive collapse in that game because the offense badly outgained Tennessee the first time around. Last week, Baltimore badly outgains Tennessee. And all these people saying, oh, well, they shut down Lamar Jackson. No, they didn't. He had over 500 yards of offense in that game. He just had the three turnovers. They turned it over on downs four times. Tennessee took advantage of some short fields. Look, the Titans are living right, and if they find a way to win this game, if Mahomes has some out-of-body experience and turns it over a bunch or doesn't use his legs effectively, maybe Tennessee does win. Maybe Tennessee does advance to the Super Bowl. I just don't see it, man. I don't see how Tennessee stops Kansas City. And look, keep in mind, Derrick Henry ran roughshod over the Patriots in the in the wildcard round, and Tennessee scored 14 offensive points. You know, So unless Kansas City really shoots themselves on special teams like they tried to do last week, they're going to move the ball and score. They're going to let Derrick Henry get his. I don't think it's going to be enough, man. I think Kansas City is the best play here. And I'll even be a little bit square and kind of take the over here a little bit. Just because I know that this one's probably peaked at 53. But Derrick Henry's going to get his. Ryan Tannehill hasn't had to throw in the playoffs. But you got to think it's there if he needs it. But again, ultimately, I just don't think Tennessee stops Kansas City here. If you get Kansas City up into the mid to upper 30s, like I think they're plenty capable of, this one's got a very good chance of going over. All right. So you make great points. You do, of course. You always make great points. And I will say that, or you know. Or so look- I think, anyway. No, no. you my mind, look- they are. I mean, you make great points. Whether, you know, they essentially lead to anything is a whole different story. But, no, you, you do make great points. And I'm looking at the consensus lines. And right now there is a seven out there at points bet, sure, for this uh, spread. But I'll be honest. Both of them, both numbers, the over-under, and on the spread, if it's, I'm going to assume it's seven and a half, okay? Because right now that's our consensus lines. There are seven out there, but you can still get seven and a half at FanDuel, at DraftKings, at MGM, those sorts of places. I kind of lean towards the Titans and towards the under. So let's just talk it out, okay? You made you made a ton of good points, and I'm not. Uh, those are these aren't going to be my picks necessarily. I'm going to get a little creative here, just because I don't love either one for sure. I want to make it clear. I I don't love in any way the titans getting seven and a half i don't love the under wherever it is settling right now it's at 52 and a half i don't love those plays but i do lean that way and i'm going to explain why and then we'll get a little back and forth you don't need the stats on henry i mean you know we've talked about it he he's gone crazy he's got 1273 rushing yards in his last eight games that's just not a normal number he's running behind a good run blocking line he leads the league in yards after contact he's just completely unstoppable and then look we talked about it he is he did this against the ravens which has a solid run defense and the pats which have an okay run defense the chiefs cannot stop the run right they're 29th in defensive dvoa against the run they allow nearly five yards per carry 28th worst in the league they miss tackles like crazy henry ran all over them the first game even carlos hyde i mean he had four and a half yards per carry last week they just had to abandon the run which again is 
going to go into your theory and could certainly happen here. If they take a big lead, it's going to be difficult for the Titans to stick with the run. Although I think they're going to try to do that because, you know, they did that during the season. I can't remember what game, maybe against Jacksonville where they fell behind. They just kept running it. Henry stayed out there. So I don't think they're ever just going to regardless turn it completely over to Tannehill. But regardless, Tannehill is not doing anything in these playoffs, but it's really kind of just because he doesn't need to because Derrick Henry is running so effectively. If he needs to, I really think he can. Remember, during the season, he was first in passer rating, first in yards per attempt, first in yards per completion. And you saw with that touchdown to Raymond against the Ravens, right? They had the play action. They were doing a 13 formation, one receiver, and it's Raymond. It's not A.J. Brown. It's not Corey Davis. It's Raymond. You know there are going to be opportunities for plenty of play action because they're going to be so effective on the ground. They're elite in the red zone. So really, for me, the way I look at this game unfolding, I I think that the Titans are able to put up points here offensively. Now, again, the big deal here is the Chiefs offense against the Titans defense. Everything you said is correct. I mean, Mahomes dropped 446 yards on them the first time they played, and he was not healthy. The Titans secondary is not great, and Hill completely roasted them that first time. They're not good against tight ends, and Travis Kelsey beat them up pretty good. But they still allow just 20.7 points per game. The hole is a little bit better than the sum of their parts, and you did see that against the Ravens. They did give up a ton of yards, of course, but remember, they were playing from way ahead in that game. I mean, I want to make it clear, they didn't completely shut down the Ravens offensively. I mean, a couple of the fourth down conversions go a different way. We might be having a different discussion right now. But in the end, they, a lot of that was garbage time where they were able to move the ball and stuff like that. They are able to keep the quarterback contained. I kind of think that this game is going to be close, and I like the Titans if you can get them at more than a touchdown. And because of that, because I I like that, I kind of lean towards the under here. It's not a a play that I would make based on 52.5, but I think essentially you like the Chiefs in the over. I like the Titans generally in the under. And I think that those couldn't be swapped, right? Like I, I find it very difficult to make a case for the Chiefs, for the Chiefs and the under, and I find it difficult to make a case for the Titans and the over. The Houston defense is terrible. So, you know, the fact that they hung 51 on them last week, they're an incredible offense, but that I'm not I'm not going to jump into that. A lot of it was playing from behind. The Titans have been under both games in their playoff. And again, I think it's a little bit influenced by last week. So I don't see a ton of value with it, but here's basically what my play would be in this game. Okay. I would probably lean and take the Titans at plus seven and a half if I was doing a direct bet. But you like the Chiefs over, and I want to get a little creative here. So here's my official pick. I'm going to tease the Titans. I'm going to do a teaser here. I'm going to tease the Titans up to 13 and a half. All right, assuming you get them at seven and a half. I'm going to take the six points, take the Titans getting 13 and a half, and I'm going to bump that total up to 58 and a half and take the under. So, all right, that's my total pick. So go ahead. I have been talking for 12 minutes now, nonstop about it. You go ahead and, you know, come back and you obviously see the other side, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there are a few starting points here. I mean, first of all, think about how the Ravens started that game last week. Think about how the Chiefs started that game last week. Both of those teams coming off of buys. And essentially for the Ravens, basically two buys in a row because they didn't play anybody in week 17. So timing was an issue. There were some things that were difficult for them. And also, too, I mean, look, they turned Lamar Jackson into a passer. When else would we expect Lamar Jackson? I know they were trailing most of the game, but Lamar Jackson doesn't need 60 pass attempts, you know, for Baltimore to have success. 
So that was part of it. And also, Mark Ingram was not healthy. So the Ravens didn't have that element to their offense. So I think there is a case to be made, and it sounds like you're making excuses for the Ravens, and quite frankly, maybe I am. They punted once in that game last week. They got into Tennessee territory a ton. That game probably should have gone differently, and if you run it back 10 times, Baltimore probably wins eight of them. So there is that to consider. The Chiefs drops all over the place in the first quarter, give up the 21 points, had the fumble on the punt return, had a blocked punt. They win that game, what, 51-10, to 10, if not higher, if everything doesn't go wrong for them in the first quarter of that game. They only gave up 10 points to Deshaun Watson and a pretty good Texans offense. So I can make the case that you made for the Tennessee defense of you know, a lot of that bending but not breaking type of thing. The Chiefs gave up 388 yards to Deshaun Watson and gave up 10 points when it wasn't really a short field. So there is that element in the equation here. Furthermore, Derrick Henry, right? Was it 96 carries in the last three games? Maybe the dude is a cyborg. I mean, maybe he's just not human. That's certainly a possibility. But fourth straight road game, fourth in a row against a division winner, with Derrick Henry getting this massive workload, at some point, this dude's got to slow down a little bit, right? And if he's going to slow down in a game here against the Chiefs where they're going to do whatever they want offensively, that's concerning to me. And maybe Ryan Tannehill can bail him out. I mean, you mentioned all the stats. Tannehill was very, very good during the regular season. But how sharp is this cat going to be with, what, 29 pass attempts in the last two weeks? I worry about that. I worry about his timing with his receivers. I worry about if Andy Reid and, and you know, the coaching staff say, you know what, we're going to let Derrick Henry get his. It's kind of like when you play against like Marquette in college basketball or something. Marcus Howard's going to get his 35, and you just want to stop everybody else. I think that's probably the game plan here for Kansas City of Henry will get his, and that's fine, and we'll live with it. A.J. Brown doesn't beat us over the top. Ryan Tannehill doesn't beat us. We blitz him. You know, we do some some run blitzes that can kind of double his pressure on him. I think people really underestimate how good of a game planner Andy Reid actually is. And I think that's part of the equation here too, where I think Kansas City is going to be very well prepared, as well prepared as they can be for this game. And I just don't know if Tennessee has the weapons on the fly if they get down early and face some adversity here, again, keep in mind, this is a team that's been playing playoff games for what, eight weeks in a row now? Yep. Because they've had to. At some point, that's got to run out. And if it doesn't, then so be it. But I think this is the week it does. I think, look, it, they're all great points. And again, this is a game you can make the argument either side. There are a few things. I think, number one, especially leaning just generally towards the under. If the Chiefs come out, right, and they get the ball first and they score and they somehow hold the Titans to a three now and then they score again and it's 14 nothing, six minutes into the game, then forget it, right? Then everything is going to unfold the exact way that you're saying. And that is a distinct possibility for sure. But... I think in the end, you know, there was this formula early on in the season, not, you know, in the middle, where it basically was the way to beat the Chiefs was to run the ball nonstop. Their run defense is not good. Keep Mahomes off the field as much as you can. Chew up the clock and let that go. That's what the Colts did in the game they won. That's what the Texans did in the game they won. That's how you have to do it. This is the team that basically has the exact formula to do it. And no matter what they do, I mean, frankly, if I'm the Chiefs, I might take the... Uh, Derrick Henry may be unstoppable. So 
to focus on taking Henry away and try to make Tannehill beat you, maybe that doesn't make any sense, like you're sort of saying. Instead, just say, look, Derrick Henry's going to do what he's going to do. That's all there is. They're still not putting up that many points. I'm just going to take away Tannehill and A.J. Brown and see where I'm left. Maybe that is what it's going to be, but I do not see Derrick Henry slowing. I mean, all these carries and all this punishment, yeah, I'm, I'm sure in the offseason, maybe even next year, that's going to take its toll, but not yet. That's especially true, by the way. Let's not discount Chris Jones still isn't practicing right now. He, he is not out there practicing. And, you know, the loss of Thornhill was kind of underrated. I think you saw that in that Stills touchdown last week. There's just not the same communication in that secondary. So, look, is it possible that Mahomes comes out and what he looked like once they went down 24 nothing? You you look completely unstoppable. But remember, the Chiefs had trended toward the under a lot of their last several games of the season. I, I don't view them as suddenly this team that as good as Mahomes is and, you know, with their weapons doing well, that he is still going to be able to put up, you know, 50 points or whatever they're going to be able to do. And I think even if they do, I think that the Titans are going to try desperately to stick with the run and, and stick with Henry and keep Mahomes off the field. So that's another reason why I kind of like the under. You can say anything in response if you want. You made a ton of great points. I don't think you need to respond. But if you would like to, by all means, I don't want to take away the last word from you. Yeah, this is one of those where, you know, early on in the week, I I was looking towards the over a lot more than I am now. And and I, in fact, didn't hop in on it. It went up to 53. And I thought, okay, well, we're starting to get buyback on it now. So at that point, you know, a lot of people thinking along the same lines that you are of, this is the peak of the number. I'm going to take the under here because the Chiefs defense, I mean, look, I I went on record on my show saying that I think the Chiefs are going to beat Baltimore on the road and get to the Super Bowl. And I said that probably about week 15 or week 16. And, you know, obviously Baltimore doesn't get there. But a big reason why I thought that was because this Kansas City defense had gotten so much better. The hard part about it for them here is, as you've said, They're not good against the run. And this would be something that comes into play, obviously, against San Francisco if they wind up in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. They've gotten substantially better against the pass. So like I said, maybe they just try to do what they do against the pass and say, you know what? Henry's going to get his 180 yards, but we're also going to get our 500 yards. So we're willing to do that because the thing of it is, is, you know, Mahomes with his legs and with the weapons he's got, Damian Williams, the play designs of Andy Reid, you don't get a lot of third and longs for Kansas City. And if you do, you've got more confidence in them to complete those, I think, than you would the Titans. So if you get a couple stops at the line of scrimmage, maybe one negative play, you know, every couple series against Derrick Henry, maybe that's all you need to go ahead and put some margin in this game. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a good point. And again, I liked the under last week, which was a, you know, wound up being a a terrible call. Um, But one of the reasons was because of how much the Chiefs, you know, past defense in particular had improved. Again, I think the loss of Thornhill is a bigger deal than kind of I've been willing to credit it. And so I think in the end, they are going to struggle here a little bit in terms of defensively. Now, the one other thing I'm going to say, because I have another play on this game that I'll say quickly. You know, I I said I I like the under generally at 52 and a half. It's probably not something that I'm going to play because I don't see a ton of value in it. And I think there's an easy path for this to shoot over. But regardless, I kind of like the over in the first half. If you can get it at under 26, because I've seen this bouncing around at a bunch of different places. It's 26 and a half at DraftKings. I don't like that, but I've seen it at 25 and a half, even 25 at various spots. So if you can get it, I like that in the first half. And here's why. 
both teams are extremely well coached, right? And they both made halftime adjustments in their playoff wins. The Titans have allowed 19 points in the first half of their playoff wins. Still a tremendous number, but just six points in the second half. That was in garbage time to the Ravens. The Chief allowed 24 points to the Texans in the first half, just seven in the second half. Both teams have been able to move the ball well in their games. We have just talked about why. So they're going to be scoring, and I think they're going to probably be able to do it when they first start. But I think, you know, they're going to go in for halftime. They'll probably make adjustments because they're both so incredibly well coached. And I think the scoring is probably going to go down in the second half. So I can see an in-game wager on the under in the second half if the game unfolds in the way I expect, which is generally speaking a close game. I mean, if the if the uh, Chiefs go up by a lot, then you're going to have a lot of probably garbage time. The Titans are going to be throwing a lot, so I'm not going to pound one in uh, an in-game wager there on the under in the second half. But, you know, for me, the Chiefs-Titans over, you know, anything below 26 in the first half, because I do think that both these teams, you, you mentioned it, why the Chiefs came out a little flat in that game. They were coming off the bye. That happens sometimes, and then they dominated. I think they are going to be able to score generally. I certainly think that the Titans are going to be able to score, but I think that the majority of the scoring, at least, is going to come in the first half before both coaches, very well coached, adjust a little bit and keep the second half to the under to the extent it is a close game. So one of my other plays is the Chiefs-Titans over anything under 26 or under in the first half what are your thoughts on that see I actually really like this one and I like the thought process too and and I could piggyback this a little bit as well and say I mean look for Kansas City you know you want to try and take Derrick Henry out of the equation as much as you can and if that doesn't mean defending him it means making Tennessee throw the football so if I'm Kansas City I want to start real fast in this game you know you you dug yourself that 24 nothing hole last week you don't want to do that again So you want to start fast, your best 15 plays against this Titans defense. I think that there's a good opportunity for Kansas City to score in the first half. And if I'm Mike Vrabel and I'm Art Smith, I go into this game thinking, you know what? They expect us to run, don't they? They expect us to use Derrick Henry 30 times. And we probably will. But why don't we come out here and throw it around a little bit and see what happens? Why don't we let Ryan Tannehill get into the rhythm of the game Because it's two-pronged, right? You get a chance to maybe take advantage of Kansas City while they're looking for them to establish the run, you know, that buzz phrase that everybody wants to do early in the game. But instead, you counterpunch and let Tannehill throw it around a little bit because you can catch him by surprise. And furthermore, you can get him into the rhythm of the game in the sense that if you need him in the second half, and you very well could against Kansas City, he's there for you because you haven't needed him in any second half to this point. So why not get his legs under him? I mean, this is the biggest spot of his career, obviously, going on the road to Arrowhead here. Why not give him the opportunity to do a little pitch and catch early on and kind of get a little bit of confidence going and get into a rhythm? Because, again, I mean, it's not like he's really in one, judging by the first two playoff games and his volume and output. No, absolutely. And again, to be fair, they didn't need to do anything really with him, right? He's done exactly what he's needed to do. He hasn't turned the ball over. He's been able to sort of, you know, keep, you know, get the big play when they needed that one play, but he hasn't been asked to carry the load. Here, however, again, those first two defenses, the Pats and uh, the Ravens, they're very good pass defense. The Chiefs have been improving, but they're not quite in that same class, at least in my opinion, especially again. I just I feel like I overlooked it, so I'm trying not to now. Is the loss of Thornhill, who was kind of the you know the guy who was directing everybody. So I feel like in the end that has a bit more of an impact. So I could definitely see the Titans getting a little creative on offense involving the pass game. All right, we have we have you know beaten that game to death. Let's move on here to the Niners and the Packers. What's your play from this game? I'm gonna be chalky again. I'm gonna be square. I'm gonna be four sided. But I like this one, man. I like San Francisco quite a bit here, and. 
you know, people have been trying to fade Green Bay all season long, and they haven't had a great amount of success with it. But again, this is a team, you know, lowest point differential ever for a 13-win team. And here's the thing that's really interesting to me about this game and, and about the Green Bay side in particular is that last week they outgained Seattle in the first half 5.9 to 5 yards per play. And then they just completely sat on it. They completely abandoned it. They didn't do anything that got them there. And they very well could have lost that game. And that's been a thing for Green Bay. They've wanted to play from in front. They've wanted to do very well on those scripted plays. And they have with Matt LaFleur. The problem is, as the game's gone along, they've gotten worse more often than not. And I think here, if you get worse against San Francisco, they will bury you. They run the football. They rush the passer as well as anybody in the NFL. This is as bad of a matchup as it gets for Green Bay, who you know always seems to have offensive line injuries. But Aaron Rodgers is not the same cat he used to be, doesn't throw on the run as well as he used to. They're not an explosive offense at all whatsoever. San Francisco's defense is great. Their offense is explosive with the run. And I think Garoppolo's there if you need him here in this game. And we'll talk about one of my props a little bit later on in the segment here. But I just don't think anything matches up well for Green Bay here. I think this is the same methodical, boring type of win we saw from San Francisco last week. A 27-13, a you know, 28-14 type of game. I just think they get it done and cover the number here, whether you got seven or you're taking the seven and a half that's out there now. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it really, this is why I want to spend so much time on the Chiefs-Titans game because I think we beat it a little differently. We are in lockstep in this game. I have tried a million times to come up with a way for the Packers, for, let, let, put, put aside the point spread, for them to win this game. I can't get there. I mean, you mentioned the point differential. Packers are plus 63 on the season. The 49ers are plus 169. They're both 13 and 3, right? I, I mean, 100 points difference. And their defense was awful in the second half with everybody hurt, and they, they just went ahead and outscored everybody. And you know what? Their defense is not, uh, you know, unhealthy now. They are at full strength going on right now. They've got Tart, Alexander, and Ford. They're all back with Bosa and Armstead. It's just really difficult to see. Here, Here's, like... Here's the one thing, and this is a pure narrative, so this means absolutely nothing. I get a little nervous when you have the rematch of the complete blowout win in the regular season, right? For a couple of reasons. One, I feel like you think, well, okay, we can just do this again, right? The 49ers are like, well, we had the formula. We dominated them. We can do it again. And then the team that loses, they can kind of say, okay, well, we obviously can't do what we did again. We need to make adjustments. And I think back to the 2010 season, the Jets, you know, I'm a Jets fan. They were embarrassed on that Monday night game against the Pats, 45 to three. They met it again in the playoffs and the divisional round. Pats basically did the exact same thing. Jets adjusted and they won. That's borne out in championship rounds. General trend is rematches where one team has blown out an opponent. They rarely cover the spread uh, in the second one, but even so, man, that game, don't forget, the Packers were coming off a bye in that first game, and the 49ers were not in any way healthy defensively, right? They were missing uh, Alexander, and they were missing Ford, I believe, in that game. So I don't see it, you know, the 49ers, you know, the Packers have one pass catcher, Devontae Adams. They don't really have a second receiver. It's just really difficult to see anything happen. They're elite on third down. I just... I can't make the case, man. I mean, I guess, is it possible that Jimmy G comes out there and, you know, he wasn't great, uh, you know, against the Vikings. He obviously had that really bad interception that, you know, gave the Vikings the ball deep in their territory. Is it possible that Jimmy G comes out here and just lays a complete egg? Is that any way that we could see the Packers really getting in this game? It's certainly possible. I mean, I, I've had a long time man crush on Kyle Shanahan. So I think that's, I think he's going to be, 
he's going to be in top form here, you know, on both sides of the ball. I think the guy is just absolutely brilliant. The Browns completely effed up not keeping him around when he was there. I mean, he was the offensive coordinator with just a complete disaster on offense, and he's still able to get guys open that were like, you know, journeymen, guys that aren't even in the NFL anymore, and he was able to get guys like that open. I think he's able to get some guys open for Garoppolo here. It would certainly help if, you know, Jimmy G can make a few throws early on, but Something we didn't talk about with the Tennessee-Kansas City game, I'll reference it here now. In that game, back in Week 10, keep in mind, Kansas City, with Mahomes off the shelf, was a five-point road favorite. Yes. So you flip home field. You're talking about Kansas City minus 11, and here they're minus 7 in this game. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to what Tennessee's done. In the first meeting here between Green Bay and San Francisco, the 49ers were minus 3. And the previous three games, again, Green Bay was coming off of a bye, as you mentioned. The previous three games for the 49ers, the game against Arizona, where they didn't play particularly well, they lost the game to Seattle, and then the other game against Arizona, where they wound up actually pushing the number for most people, but that was because they scored that really weird late touchdown that you know kind of threw everything out of whack in that game. The three games before that, they did not play well. A few weeks before that, they had beat Washington 9-0. They were the first team not to cover the spread in a shutout in, like, I think it was, like, 30 years or something that. Like was that was a monsoon, though, right? That game, oh, yeah. that was a crazy game. Right, it was a crazy game, but they hadn't, they'd beaten Carolina badly. But other than that, they hadn't played particularly well before that. And then just all of a sudden showed up and pummeled Green Bay. Yep. And now this line is adjusted from that minus three we saw in Sunday Night Football to minus seven and a half. And I think this one is completely justified. I don't know if seven and a half is high enough. I'd put this one more like eight and a half. And keep in mind, actually out in Las Vegas at the Westgate Superbook, this one opened nine and a half. So, well, I guess, no, it was actually the Kansas City game. I apologize for misspeaking there. But this is a situation where, again, you look back to last week, right? San Francisco hosting Minnesota. Line opens six and a half, gets bet to seven. This one opens seven, gets bet to seven and a half. Keep in mind, Green Bay beat Minnesota twice in the regular season and won the division over the Vikings. And that implied that Minnesota would be a favorite on a neutral over Green Bay. And I agree. I think Minnesota was the third best team in the NFC coming into the playoffs behind San Francisco, behind New Orleans. I don't think Green Bay stands a chance here. I really don't. No, neither do I, man. I I really think when they're fully healthy defensively like they are right now, the 49ers are, are so so difficult to beat you know again like any quarterback really but especially a guy like Rodgers same thing with Cousins last week the key is you got to be able to get pressure on him without blitzing that's exactly what the 49ers do um they're and on offensively they're elite running the ball as you know you know they they uh, average second most rushing yards per game this season and that's how you attack the Packers right their pass defense is solid overall but you can attack them on the ground they allowed 4.7 yards per carry on the season so in the end this is going to be a game probably similar you know to to how the 49ers like to do it they're going to dominate with their defense they're going to dominate with their running game and then Jimmy G is going to be able to pop off and do a couple of uh, play action passes and have a big game or two. So you and I are seeing it the same way now because one of your plays is obviously uh, the uh, 49ers laying seven and a half. I'll just get a little creative here and I'll I'll do another two team teaser just so I could take something different. I, again, I like when you tease the total on the Chiefs Titans game to uh, up six points. I'm going to take that under 48 and a five, uh, and 58 and a half. Pardon me. And I'm going to tease this line down to one and a half for the 49ers because you know you're above a touchdown. You never know something crazy could happen. So I'll just tease it down. 
to one and a half here and, and pair that with the Chiefs Titans under 50 and a half. But I agree with you at seven and a half. I'm more than fine with it. I don't think this is going to be close. I think they're going to really hit them hard. And right now, they look, I mean, let's hope we see a Chiefs, nothing against the Packers, nothing against the Titans, but I really hope we see a Chiefs uh, 49ers Super Bowl because that'll be a fun one to watch. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I think it's also really interesting from a prop betting standpoint, too, because you've got this elite San Francisco defense, this elite pass rush. Mahomes is very mobile, as we know, but San Francisco doesn't have to put a fifth or sixth guy in there to blitz. Like you said, they just get pressure with four. So is Mahomes able to find Kelsey? Does he have the time to find Tyreek Hill before he's got to bail out and get two or three yards with a scramble? From a prop standpoint, it's going to be a fascinating Super Bowl if that's what we get. But one other thing I want to mention here is we talked about it with our disagreement with Tennessee and Kansas City, where if you like Tennessee, you're probably hoping for the under. If you like Kansas City, you're probably thinking the over. I don't see the same correlation here with what we're seeing with the line move of San Francisco going up to seven and a half and the total going up to 46 and a half, because you would think given that San Francisco defense, a higher scoring game is Green Bay's best chance because they've got Aaron Rodgers against Jimmy Garoppolo. So the total moving up a little bit is something of a head scratcher to me. I completely agree with you because in the end, with the 49ers winning, you have to assume the Packers are not going to put up a ton of points. You don't see, yeah, the 49ers are going to win this game in a shootout, although, you know, it could be something like, you know, what happened with the, the Saints game that time. You know, it could be that suddenly you have this game where it's going to be 100 points scored or something like that, but I don't see that from the Packers offense whatsoever so I agree it's a little strange to see the movement as we talked about before we started recording trending up with the total given where things are so it's a good point that you make but let's let's recap here what we've got uh your three bats are going to take the Chiefs laying seven and a half the 49ers laying seven and a half and the Titans Chiefs over 52 and a half those are square plays my friend but uh it's uh I I like them I, I can't say I really disagree with any of them except for the Chiefs well, I mean, I guess the over-under on that 52.5, but I'm lukewarm on that. The one I disagree with, for me, is the Chiefs laying 7.5. For me, I'm going to take the first half and the Chiefs and the Titans uh, over 26 points or anything below that. I'm going to tease the Titans to plus 13.5 and, and the under in that game to 15.5. And, and then I'm going to take a two-team teaser where, again, I will tease the total to 58.5 in and and the Chiefs-Titans game, but then I will take the 49ers laying 1.5. Before we move on, let's talk about BetMGM and the BetMGM Sports app. If you have your phone handy, you can just search for and download the BetMGM Sports app in your app store right now. Download it. Sign up for an account. It's going to ask you if you have a promo code. You do. It is my last name, Harris. Deposit whatever amount you want. You're ready to bet. But don't rush in to bet just anything. Make sure your first bet is a $1 money line bet on any of the four teams playing on Sunday. If you do. Then if any team scores a touchdown this weekend, not necessarily the team you bet on, not necessarily in the game they played in any team this weekend, you win $200 in free bets. Your $1 bet does not matter for that. You win so long as any team scores a touchdown and you can place your bet at any time before kickoff of the 49ers Packers game. You just heard me and Adam debate if the Chiefs and the Titans are going over 52 and a half points, but you've got a strong bet that there's going to be at least a touchdown scored in that game. So again, Download the BetMGM Sports app, open an account, use our promo code Harris, and win some free money. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, sir, let's move on to a I gotta bet. I got to say, man, I, I think you'd have to call 1-800-GAMBLER if you ran bad enough to not win that free bet. 
I'm telling you, they offer these free bets all the time. I don't know how they stay in business because they're they're so incredibly you can't lose them. I mean, they, you had the similar thing last week. You have all these things where you know I think you had one where if Dak Prescott completed a single pass, you won you know hundreds of dollars in bets. I mean, really, if you don't have an account yet at BetMGM, you really need to download the app and just sign up, use our promo code because these things they're not a rarity. They're they're offered all the time. You can really take advantage of them. All right, let's move on to a bet to avoid. There's not much left. We, we've uh, you know talked about the game, so my guess is we're seeing this similarly. So what is your one bet to avoid this weekend? My bet to avoid's got to be that this Green Bay-San Francisco total, that's it's a real head-scratcher to me. And, and you mentioned how square I am. It's kind of been the year of the square, I guess, with, uh, with Clemson not coming through for so much sharp money that was on them in the national championship game. But... I, I this total is just it, it's mystifying to me because if you like San Francisco, you probably don't want to see a higher scoring game here in this one. Now, however, that being said, as as I'm kind of thinking this one through in my mind a little bit, again in concert with that move on San Francisco, the total going up implies to me that San Francisco is going to have success here offensively, and. I think this one can still stay under, even if San Francisco does have success offensively, like a 31-13 type game. That That's not going to surprise me at all. Well, you but, saw that in the first game they played, right? It was 38-7 yeah. in that first game. I mean, they, the 49ers dominated, but it still hit 45, which, by the way, is where it opened. So that was a good opening number. I'm to- This is the one I'm avoiding, too. I mean, and we talked about it a little bit. I just, I don't get, I, first of all, I, I don't feel comfortable with the number wherever it is, right? There are some numbers you look at and you have a, a gut instinct, right? And then you sort of dig into it and you take your position. For this one, I just don't have a real good feel because it's hard for me to see the Packers, again, as we talked about putting up too many points, but you can easily see the 49ers going nuts and putting up a crazy amount of points. I just, I don't have a real good feel for how to bet it, you know? No, no, neither do I. I'll tell you another bet I'm going to avoid, the Pro Bowl next week. I will not be putting anything on the Pro Bowl. I promise you that. Do you ever bet the Pro Bowl out of curiosity? Oh, no. no, absolutely man. not. No, absolutely not. It's too bad I'm going to be uh, down in Orlando. Uh, it, I'm leaving just before the Pro Bowl, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would watch and still probably avoid betting on it because it's not something that I want to go near. All right, before we get to our final segment, I want to remind everyone about our signed Michael Thomas Saints Helmet giveaway. Our contest is running through January 31st at 11.59 p.m., so you still have time to get in your entry go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details but to enter just leave a review for the show on apple Podcasts or stitcher send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com the michael thomas helmet comes from pristine auction where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every single day just go to pristineauction.com that's p-r-i-s-t-i-n-e auction.com when you go there use our promo code bettingpros you'll win a free five dollar voucher instantly all right let's finish things up with top prop what's your favorite player prop as of right now well I guess we sort of just talked about it a little bit here I was kind of scouring around looking for a prop and I'm sure a lot of people are going to have Derrick Henry exposure this week I'm sure a lot of people will have Mahomes or Kelsey or Hill or basically anybody in that game that you want to take a look at but for me I saw kind of an interesting one out there Jimmy Garoppolo's longest completion over 39 yards and again as I'm looking at this game as I'm kind of going through this handicap to see the line go up and see that total go up does imply to me that San Francisco is going to move the football here, going to get some points. Jimmy G's got some decent weapons out there. And again, as you mentioned, Green Bay's run defense, not particularly strong. You sell out against the run, a safety gets caught in some sort of play action. Jimmy G all of a sudden a catch and run to Sanders or Debo or somebody. I think Jimmy G's got a chance at uh, certainly being better than last week's past numbers, but I think he's got a chance at a couple of big plays here in this one. So, Jimmy G, over 39 yards, longest completion is the prop for me. 
I actually love this prop. Um, and I think it sort of plays into exactly how we see the game going, which is, as you said, you know how to attack the Packers defense. They are vulnerable on the ground, and that's what the 49ers specialize in. But, you know, Shanahan is so creative offensively. You know there's going to be a play where, you know, it's going to be probably play action or it's going to be something crazy, and there's going to be at least one really long one. So certainly I think that plays in perfectly to how that game unfolds. As for me, I'm going to be incredibly square here. And I'm going to take Derrick Henry, as you mentioned, over 109 and a half rushing yards at minus 121. Those are terrible odds and a ridiculous number, but I am tired of betting against them. I had under last week at 94 and a half yards. They are just going to, this is what they're going to do. The way this doesn't hit, again, is if maybe, maybe if the Chiefs get up huge right away. Even then, though, even then, I don't think the Titans are suddenly going to go into this thing where, all right, Ryan Tannehill, throw the ball 50 times. I think they're going to try to at least let their defense regroup. Again, they played a ton of snaps last week. That's one of the things we didn't talk about. They played, I don't over 90 snaps against the Ravens. So they're probably a little tired, which doesn't exactly support the way I see the game unfolding. But either way, they're going to try to keep their defense off the field as much as possible, regardless of what the score is. And, you know, that's how they move the ball. So 109.5 yards, minus 121, it's, it's a ridiculous number but I think it is the only other one that I would like and this is more of just a fun one you want to have a little fun in the game is that Derrick Henry to score the first touchdown that's at plus 550 I mean if the Titans get the ball and they drive down you got a pretty good shot that uh, Henry's going to be able to get that in you're getting five and a half on your money so that's one just kind of for fun but for me I'll take Derrick Henry at over a ridiculous 109 and a half rushing yards at minus 121. I'll probably wind up with a first touchdown prop for the Super Bowl, but I can tell you that I had Travis Etienne for the first touchdown in the national championship game, and he got tackled at the half-yard line, and then, of course, Trevor Lawrence ran it in. It is so a little infuriating. That's how my 2020 began. It's infuriating when you have those bets, for sure, and it, it's it's sort of weird where you're rooting for guys. You know, you can root for a big play. I, I could have something on the Titans, and then if I have this bet and they have a pass to A.J. Brown and he's streaking for the end zone, I'm rooting for him just to get tackled at the half-yard line. That's how gambling goes sometimes. All right, Adam, that's going to do it. Thanks again for coming on. It was great to catch up. We haven't talked in a while. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. That was definitely great to catch up, man. I appreciate you having me. You can find me over at bangthebook.com. We do a Monday through Friday podcast called Bang the Book Radio. Lots of good content on the two conference championship games here. A lot of the same things that uh, that Dan and I talked about here on today's show, but a lot of stuff going on. I'll have a ton of Major League Baseball content coming up. Uh, for those that don't know, I actually do a season win total MLB betting guide where I do all 30 teams, all six division futures, both AL and NL pennant futures, it winds up being somewhere in the neighborhood of 85 to 100,000 words, but it's a very comprehensive breakdown of the upcoming Major League Baseball season and probably about a month away from releasing that. So uh, looking forward to the start of yet another long season of, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, man, you know this as well as I do working in this business now. There, there is no off season in any of these markets anymore. A hundred percent. And I will say, you know, I'm not just saying this because I, I like Adam and, and we've had a fun podcast and I like when he comes on. Adam is one of the hardest working guys in this business, and he he runs the gamut in terms of the sports that he does. He's really, really knowledgeable. Everybody should be following him on Twitter, again, at Skating Tripods, and it, he does great work. So definitely check him out. Uh, I certainly like reading your stuff. I think you really do a lot of good stuff, and I'm excited to to get your take on uh, the, the baseball uh, futures because, uh, you know, I, I'm going to look into it as well and have my own, and uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll have a little baseball podcast. We can uh, talk about that. 
Absolutely, man. Sounds good. All right. Before we go, I want to say thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app. Use the promo code Harris. Place a $1 money line bet on any team to win this weekend, and you win $200 in free bets so long as any team scores a touchdown. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com to be entered into our Michael Thomas signed helmet giveaway. Again, that runs through January 31st. Good luck with your wagers this weekend. We're going to be back on Sunday night talking about the games that just took place and breaking down the Super Bowl. I'll talk to you then.